0: Welcome to my podcast, The Tea on Mental Health, and I'm your host, Brittany O'Sullivan. So this episode starts my series on specific mental health disorders, and we're kind of going to look at what they look like in people, what some of the symptoms may be, things that you guys can do to help, and then we're going to end this series with, you know, the misbusting sex and so kind of debunking some of the misconceptions about that mental health disorder, I do have a couple spaces left if you guys have any requests or anything that you would like me to do on any certain mental health disorders that either you experience or would like to know more about or know someone with. So I feel like too it is important to acknowledge that people are not defined by their diagnosis and that there is something that is in common with everyone that has a mental health disorder and that is all that comes from pain, wound, trauma hurt, all of those things. So I think that's more important to look at the person than necessarily what they're diagnosed with. So today we're going to talk about major depressive disorders. Everyone experiences feelings of sadness occasionally, but depression is something different. It persists over time and can can cause a variety of different symptoms. Depression is a medical condition that affects more than 300 million people globally, according to the World Health Organization. People sometimes call it clinical depression or a major depressive disorder. And then I'm going to highlight for you guys the 13 most common symptoms of depression. Um, There is also several different types of depression and it looks different in everyone. Um, Symptoms vary among each individual While anyone can experience some of these symptoms over time and time to time, a doctor will only diagnose depression when a certain cluster of these symptoms appear, and they have to persist for more than two weeks or longer according to the DSM-5. Now, feeling sad or empty, is one of those symptoms. Mood changes are one of the most common symptoms of depression. A person who has depression may feel sad or down for long periods of time. They may also say they feel empty or unable to feel joy or happiness. Some people may describe this sadness as despair as well. The second one is feeling hopeless or helpless. Depression can make people feel hopeless as though there is no foreseeable end to how they are feeling. A, may, a person may also feel helpless. They may, f- they may say or think that no one can help them get better and that they will always be in a state of depression. The next symptom is feeling worthless. A person who has depression may feel that they are worthless or they have no meaning in their life. They may believe that they are a burden to others or that the world or their family is better off without them. The next symptom is feeling excessively guilty. Guilt is a normal reaction after a person says or does something that they regret. But people with depression may have ongoing feelings of guilt that are inappropriate or disproportionate to their current situation. They may focus a lot of energy on this guilt that they're feeling and feel bad about themselves. And they think about what they have said or what they have done or even events from the past that happened a long time ago. Another one is no interest and in pleasure and activities that they once were interested in or no interest at all. Some people with depression lose interest in things that they really used to enjoy, such as sports, going out with friends, music, and sometimes even sexual activity. They may turn down offers or opportunities to do activities or to be with others. The next symptom is anger and irritability. A person with depression may seem to be angry with others. They may become easily annoyed and irritated. The National Institute of Mental Health states that men are more likely than women to experience irritability and anger as symptoms of depression. However, these symptoms may also occur in women and children. Irritability also has links with other symptoms of depression. For example, if a person is not sleeping well and feels tired, they may be more prone to irritability. The next one is feeling tired and loss of energy. Some people with depression may find it difficult to get up in the morning because they feel so run down and exhausted. They may feel too fatigued to do everyday tasks, such as going to work, cooking meals, doing laundry. They may spend a lot of time at home, resting in bed, or sleeping. The fatigue of depression can make a person feel as though they are always tired, despite getting enough sleep at night. However, others with depression do experience poor sleep as well. So the next symptom is actually insomnia or lack of sleep. So it could be one or the other. Uh, or more, some people kind of go through two like cycles of different ones. So sometimes they'll be sleeping really well or sleeping too much. And then other times they just can't sleep at all. So according to 2008 research, about 75% of people with depression experience symptoms of insomnia. Sometimes a person with depression may be unable to sleep well, potentially having trouble either falling or staying asleep. They may stay up very late at night or wake up very early in the morning. The next symptom is having difficulty concentrating, remembering, and making decisions. Depression can interfere with a person's cognitive abilities. They may have trouble focusing or concentrating on personal or professional matters. They may also struggle to make decisions, including very small things like everyday choices. People with depression may also find that they cannot remember things as well as they did before. They may forget appointments or commitments and might not recall things that they have said or recently done. The next one is lack of appetite. People with depression may lose their desire and appetite for food altogether, which can cause severe weight loss. They may have little interest in eating and go for long periods of time without food. It actually, the feeling of depression sometimes can mask the hunger that you would feel, so you don't actually get as hungry, so you have like no desire to kind of eat anything. But on the other hand, another symptom is actually overeating and weight gain. So some people may eat more than what than what they did before they were depressed. Food can become like kind of like a comfort mechanism for negative feelings or a way to deal with boredom or just being alone. Depression can make it difficult for people to feel motivated to get outside or exercise. Combined with the increased food take, this can also lead to weight gain. Another one is aches, pains, and physical symptoms. So sometimes depression can manifest itself physically with kind of unexplained pains that you don't really know. Like for example, for me, I know when I'm really stressed, and my eye starts twitching. Or I know that I'm not doing really well and I need to take a break. I'm on the break, brink of burnout if my lower back starts aching. So a person with depression may experience persistent physical symptoms that, that do not respond to treatment. These things can include like some of the common ones would be like headaches digestive disorders and unexplained aches and pains the last one is going to be thoughts of suicide or death a person with depression may think more about death and dying they can also think about suicide and how they could end their life these thoughts are called suicide ideation sometimes a person may tell others about these thoughts if someone is talking about death or suicide this may be their way of asking for help, and it is vital to seek assistance. In severe cases of depression, a person may hurt themselves or self-harm. Depression is a common but serious condition that can be life-threatening. Not every person who thinks about suicide will attempt it. However, if someone mentions suicide, either contact a doctor or help them seek urgent medical care. And I wanted to add this bit about suicide prevention in here. If you know someone, at immediate risk of self harm, suicide, or hurting another person, call 911 or the local emergency number. Stay with the person until professional help arrives. Remove any weapons, medications, or other potentially harming objects. And listen to the person without judgment. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, a prevention hotline can help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day at 1 800 273 8255. Now, what does diagnosis look like with depression? So having one of the symptoms that I listed above does not mean that a person has depression. For instance, other health issues and some medications can cause weight gain or insomnia. However, people who have one or more of these symptoms and are concerned about depression should still speak to a doctor. According to the American Psychiatric Association, a person who has depression will have several of the above symptoms for longer than two weeks. There's also no single test that can diagnose Depression, usually a medical professional will evaluate a person's symptoms, family history, a medical history, and then make a diagnosis. They may also use specialized questionnaires and screening tools as well. So what does treatment look like? Many people with depression use therapy, medi- medication, or both to control their symptoms. It is important to go to schedule appointments and take medications as doctors prescribe them. Treatment can take time, and a person may not feel better straight away. Antidepressants can take several weeks to work and many people benefit from long-term psychotherapy. Also too, most antidepressants take average eight weeks to get stabilized in your system. Some people with depression find that the following measures can help them manage their symptoms a bit better. And the biggest one is exercising, which actually can be as effective as medicine in some, some cases. So according to the Harvard Medical School, one in ten adults in the united states struggles with depression and antidepressant medications are a common way to treat this condition however pills aren't the only solution research shows that exercise is also an effective treatment for some people it works as well as antidepressants although exercise alone isn't enough for someone with severe depression says dr michael craig miller assistant professor of psychiatry at the harvard medical school and i wanted to add this bit about the exercise effect in there Exercising starts a biological cascade of events that results in many health benefits, such as perfecting against heart disease and diabetes, improving sleep, and lowering blood pressure. High-intensity exercises release the body's feel-good chemicals, actually called endorphins, resulting in the runner's high that joggers report. But for some of us, the real value is in low-intensity exercise sustained over time. That kind of activity spurs the release of proteins called nootrophics, or growth factors, which cause nerve cells to grow and make new connections. The improvement in brain function actually makes you feel better. In people who are depressed, neuroscientists have noticed that the hippocampus in the brain region that helps regulate mood is actually smaller. Exercise improves nerve cell growth in the hippocampus, and moving nerve cell connections, which helps relieve depression. Another thing that actually helps people with depression and kind of manage their symptoms is spending time with supportive friends or loved ones, abstaining from alcohol and illicit drugs because sometimes those can actually cause depression because they're depressants. And also too, if you're taking antidepressants, sometimes it can mix with the chemicals and make you feel really drowsy and actually um, emphasize some of the symptoms that you were feeling. Also to trying some like coping mechanisms for like some stress management techniques such as yoga, journaling, Avoid taking herbs or supplements without talking with a doctor as some of them actually interfere with antidepressants. You want to make sure before you take anything and you're on antidepressants, you contact your, your doctor or your pharmacist. And then breaking significant tasks down into smaller ones and only doing ones that are a priority. So as you heard me talk about in my self-care podcast, I make a list of things and I label them from bigger to smaller and I kind of break down those tasks into smaller ones so I don't get so overwhelmed. So it doesn't seem like I have so much to do. And then this next segment I feel is really important because if you know a friend or a loved one that is showing symptoms of depression, there are so many ways that we can help. You can ask them to see their doctor or another healthcare professional and helping them make the appointment if they find that useful. Offering support, understanding, and validation. Continuing to invite them to events and outgoings even if they say no, it still makes them feel good and like they're included. If you can somehow reduce their stressors at home or at work, and helping them eat well and spending time with them outdoors can be really rejuvenating. Now, this next section of this podcast is called Things that those with depression would love but are too scared to ask for. People with depression would love to be reached out to and checked in on, even when they've socially withdrawn and don't have the energy to reply. This reminds them that there are people out there that still care about them and will be there when they feel better. Mm -hmm. People with depression would love to ask for to be sat next to, even when they don't feel like talking. This will bring a sense of comfort and safety till the storm passes. People with depression would love to be reassured that they're loved no matter what. So often it can feel like depression has come in between you and those you love most. This will help dispel these thoughts. People with depression would love to have you acknowledge the cause behind their symptoms. For example, instead of judging them for lying in bed, acknowledge just how exhausting depression can be and the extreme fatigue that it causes. People with depression would love to have somebody really check in on them, even after they say, I'm okay. Sometimes people say this even when they're suffering because they fear being a burden. If you make time for them, they'll feel safe and more inclined to open up authentically. Now we're coming to the end of my podcast, and we're going to talk about some of the five most common misconceptions about depression. And I feel like it's really important to add too that depression and their stigmas are completely different than any other mental health disorder because this, in particular, depression is really chastised for people being lazy, people being ashamed of what they're feeling and are too scared to speak up. So I feel like it's very important to highlight these misconceptions about depression. The most common one is it's all in your head. Depression is a real medical diagnosis. It's not just one day you are deciding to lay in bed all day and be lazy. It's not just something that you can snap your fingers and get out of. And that's so sad that our society has kind of normalized us kind of ignoring the fact that people really struggle, and it's not something as simple as flipping on an office switch, so it is a real medical diagnosis. A lot of people believe something major or significant must have occurred in the sufferer's life to cause the depression, when in reality, it doesn't necessarily have to be something traumatic happen. It could be just situational. It could be something that happened to them. It could be something that happened that they witnessed. It could be nothing. It could be any of those. It could be something genetic. Or it could just be a feeling of sadness. It doesn't have to be something. Just because someone suffered from depression doesn't mean that something awful happened to them. It just means that they are hurting. A lot of people think people with depression are not strong enough and that they can just overcome it. The truth is, most sufferers would just give about anything to be able to get over the sadness they feel from depression. And a lot of people keep their depression to themselves. They believe that they have to. Friends and family of those who have depression often avoid any discussion surrounding these issues in hopes that they'll just resolve on their own. And the last one is about antidepressants. A lot of people believe you don't need to use them because they alternate your personality. Um, But the truth is, depression usually doesn't resolve on its own. Contrary to what some people believe, antidepressants do not change your personality. Thank you guys so much for listening, and please reach out to me if you do have any disorders you're interested in and would like me to do. The next one I'm going to do is on generalized anxiety disorder, and I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm really excited to share with you guys what I know and kind of what I experience when I get overwhelmed and things that I have done to kind of help, so... I'll see you guys next time and that's the tea on mental health.